Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L., your host. You can now contact me directly via text, 919-675-1058. That's 919-675-1058. Or join our Facebook group at the Anon Podcast. That's T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to fellowship with other guests. This podcast aims to be a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature, aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with Stepwork, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as another resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We're simply addicts seeking recovery. Nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started. Addict named Jessica B. My clean date is July 2nd, 2017. My home group is Friday Night Clean in Bradenton, Florida. May 4th, willingness gets us into action. Willingness without action is fantasy. Living Clean, Chapter 6, Commitment. Those of us who weren't stoned out of our minds for middle school science may recall the law of inertia. An object at rest stays at rest, and an object in motion stays in motion with the same speed and in the same direction unless acted upon by an external force. In other words, things tend to keep doing what they're doing unless something intervenes. The same might be said for people. When humans experience inertia, it can signal our resistance to change. Addicts sometimes take this to extremes. Imagine that. When we get stuck in a place or in constant motion, a powerful force may be needed to provoke change. That's why getting through the doors of our first meeting is so extraordinary. This first, often tentative action demonstrates a sublime willingness. Looking back on this first hint of surrender, many of us might sense the presence of an external force that propelled us into action. Individually and collectively, you might say that the force is strong with us. Then and now, meetings can provide a potential antidote to inertia. They offer inspiration and help us imagine a future without drugs. Beyond fantasizing, we learn from each other's experience and try out practical new tools. We give ourselves a break and learn to let momentary or even obsessive thoughts of using come and go. By attending meetings regularly, we frequently remind ourselves the kinds of actions we can take to sustain our clean time or delve more intensely into recovery. The NA program holds the potential to change the direction or speed of the addict who still suffers but it takes some cooperation and effort on our part. As one member pointed out, we say it works if you work it, not it works if you fantasize about it. We're not strangers to wishing things were different. In NA, we still hope and pray, but then we roll up our sleeves and get to work. As the age-old saying goes, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Whether I've let complacency grind my forward momentum to a halt or let constant motion block my awareness, I invite a loving force greater than myself to nudge me out of inertia. In today's episode, we'll discuss the spiritual principles of day reading with our guest, Jennifer B. And Jennifer, welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So could you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, and uh, would you like to give your home group a shout out? Sure. My name is Jennifer B. and I'm an addict. Uh, my clean date is the 4th of July, 2004, and my home group is the Hope Group in Kuwait City. And that's Kuwait, Kuwait. That's Kuwait not Kuwait City. It is Kuwait. It's the country of Kuwait. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So, so 
Uh, Jennifer, could you share your thoughts on willingness gets us into action? Yeah, I just want to say thanks again for having me um, on the podcast. I'm Jennifer. I'm an addict. And uh, my first meeting actually was on July 3rd of 1989. I was 19 years old at the time. And uh, some of my using buddies were talking about NA. And I called the helpline in the phone book. And the next day, a woman came to take me to a meeting. And I didn't really think I'd need meetings. I was 19 and I knew everything. I just quit and that would be it. And then I started detoxing. And I could no longer function as a human being. Our book talks about that. Mm. I tried to stay clean, but I couldn't. And the only safe place for me at that time was hiding under a blanket in my small studio apartment in Long Beach, California. I was in college. I had to drop out. I felt very alone. Everyone I knew was using. Uh, my boyfriend at the time had left me for somebody who had more drugs. And, you know... I was getting willing really fast. <laughs> I felt um, very isolated. And that first meeting was pretty interesting. I remember a lot about it too, which is funny because I don't remember much <laughs> about the drugs I did. So I went to more meetings after that because, well, you know, 4th of July happened, 1989, and I sat on the beach reading uh, NA pamphlets. And because I didn't think there'd be any NA meetings on a holiday, you know, I didn't know anything. All I knew is that there were these addicts and they'd go to these meetings. That's all I knew. Um, on the 5th of July, I went to another meeting and I just kept going back because people were nice. They didn't seem to want anything from me. They made me feel welcome. I remember that first meeting and this girl came up to me and she had a little scrunchie in her hair and matching Keds. And she was like, hi, she gave me a <laughs> hug. And I was like, what does she want? She going to steal my wallet or something? These mm -hmm. were like not the type of people I hung out with. I could not believe this girl used drugs. She was just way too cute and just too, too, too put together, you know? And, um, but I just kept coming back. That's that willingness. And it was the people in the meetings that made me feel welcome. That gave me that push. Mm -hmm. And I listened a bit, but it wasn't until I had attended a few meetings that I started to hear the message through all that brain fog, work the steps, get a sponsor, stick with the winners, go to meetings, keep coming back, powerlessness, hang out after the meeting, don't use no matter what. These are the same messages we tell newcomers today. These are the same messages that I got in 1989. You fast forward to the start of the pandemic. You know, I haven't stayed clean since 1989. I, I had reservations. I wasn't, I, my reservations, oddly enough, were success. I got what I wanted. I got my degree. I traveled. Mm. I didn't think I, I thought that it wasn't, it wasn't when my mother died. I knew that using wasn't going to bring my mom back. You mm. know, um, it was success doing these things and saying, look at all I've done and a lack of faith in a higher power. I've struggled with that concept for years. So Jennifer, and, let me, let, let me put this in the context then. Um, so, so you got clean at 19 and yeah. I stayed clean you, for 11 years, built a life, mm -hmm. had some success, um, in, in, or successful events, you know, were happening, some, some yeah. life, you know, achievements were, were, were going on. 
And see, you know, that that's so impactful because, you know, I got clean at 16 and I know yes. there are so many of us who got clean, you know, as, as the teen, you know, whatever the teen. Right, exactly. And, 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 and I see, and I, and within those circles, I see that I see it's like, we make it through the loss, you know, um, I made it through the loss of my sister. Um, people make it through the loss of, you know, this, this, and right, this. right. And then that, and then sometimes I hear stories like, like, you know, what you're talking about is like, bro, life got like super good. Like I started, I started <laughs> totally. doing things. So, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that I, that I, that I understood that part. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. I started, I got really sick though in recovery and I got, was given prescription meds and, and that's when, that's when my relapse started. And, um, but if we fast forward to the pandemic and my local English home group in Kuwait went online immediately. This is a group I started back in 2002 when I moved there, but I was in a relapse and it didn't really start taking off until 2003, 2004, like that. And today we have three meetings a week and sometimes 20 people were still online. Mm. But with this, my local English group, Kuwait group, we went online and suddenly we had an influx of new voices and I could hear the message of recovery from around the world in my own living room. And I did 90 and 90 with 15 years clean. I became inspired by spirituality of NA worldwide. I found mm. a new sponsor. This is that willingness. I found a new sponsor and started working the steps again. My life changed because I was open-minded. And I went to new meetings around the world. I was honest with my sponsor about who I am. And I have willingness. These are the spiritual principles that have allowed me and other addicts to move forward. Always willing. Waking up in the morning and being willing to do whatever needs to be done. And, you know, recently I've been going through a breakup and uh, one I didn't see coming. I traveled 10,000 miles back to the US to get engaged formally. And uh, I was just cut off. Mm -hmm. And I want that fantasy of what could be or could have been in that relationship, but it's gone. He broke the unity, it's gone. Mm -hmm. I cry a lot and I embrace the grief because it's the only way to really heal. I can't ignore it. I can't live I can't live too long in the pain. That would be victimhood. I have to face it. And, and while I'm doing dealing with the grief, I also have to do life on life's terms. Mm. I have to be willing to get up in the morning. And that means, yeah, get up, go to a meeting, feed myself, exercise, go to work, pay my bills, parent my teenage son, pay his college tuition on my own, which I, you know, can by the grace of God, I can do, but I sometimes that pain of that grief of the loss, I don't feel that much willingness, but just I do, I do it anyways because that's what NA has taught me. You know, I want to come back to that first NA meeting I went to in mm -hmm. Long Beach, California. A man's cat had died, <laughs> everyone was crying with Bill about his cat. I think it got hit by a car and he had to take it to the vet, they had to put it down. And this is a bikers, this is like long beach la all these leather jackets <laughs> big hair you know and i just remember one guy he shared recovery isn't all wine and roses and it's funny mm -hmm. that i remember what somebody said in a meeting so long ago and so so jennifer too yeah. like if you so you're clean a long time you're going through a breakup and it's just shocking and i say this very lighthearted. it's shocking yeah. that life still shows up even when we're clean oh yeah you know, for a while, like we still have to deal yeah. with breakups and, you know, job you know, situation, right? Yeah. 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 
And I, I remember though that that guy said that and it's like, it, it makes sense, you know, recovery teaches us how to live gracefully mm-hmm. through good and bad times. And I have that toolkit and I'm reminded of this every time I go to a meeting and hear the message shared. And it's just that truly loving force that people sharing with the intention of helping another recovering addict is it's without parallel. You know, and um, sometimes, you know, with the online meetings, I can get distracted easily. There's not that accountability, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I can, I can listen and I have a sense that I just have to log in and the rest is up to the universe to give me that, to give me that, um, that message that I need. Because the truly loving force that this meditation talks about is our people. We get that message from our higher power through people. But I have to be willing to listen. And I know that when I'm in pain or I'm going through something, or I have anger or whatever emotion I'm feeling to an extreme, that it takes me out of um, service to others. And so I have to be re- in, with, with clean time, I have to remember that that I can still be of service to others. Like if I'm in a meeting online or in person, I can go up to the newcomer afterwards, even if I've been crying for 20 minutes and say, right. hey, keep coming yeah. back. Keep no, coming and you back. know what? And my spirit really responds to that because, um, you know, addiction tells me like when I'm in a lot of pain, you know, like that pain, like it hurts to breathe, that, that, that kind of pain, right? Addiction hits me with, I can't be a service to anybody. I don't have anything to offer and don't help anybody. Just focus on the amount of pain that I'm in which, and here's the catch to that. And here's why that's so damaging. The, 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 the most proven way in, in my recovery to start easing that pain a little bit is to be a service to somebody else, is to reach out and be of service. And that's, and that's what addiction tells me not to do. That's the first thing addiction tells me not to do. And, so, I, so, and I try to do that in my friendships as well. Like I try to practice these principles in all my affairs. And, uh, you know, and I know I've had a few friends recently whose family members have gotten COVID or my sister's husband is, is ill. He's a Vietnam vet. And just remembering, even in my pain, make a mental note to call them and check in to make sure they're okay as well. And, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to do anything sometimes, you know, in mm-hmm. this breakup, I just want to sure. go and hide in my room and cry, you know, but I got things to do. That's you right. Know, and complacency. Yeah can keep me in victimhood. You know, so, so from that perspective, Jennifer, let me tie that into our final question here, the italics at the bottom, when it talks about, hey, if I find myself stuck, let's just say, what the, you know, and so if we have listeners here who are saying, hey, look, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck. Could you talk about, you know, what does it look like and what could it look like for them? Like the practical application of saying, hey, look, how, how, what does that invitation to this loving force greater than myself to come and get and get things going again? Could you speak to that? Yeah, you know, complacent. They talk about complacency as being like the enemy of people with long-term recovery. And like I said, you know, I had I had clean time, I got success, and I thought I got this all figured out. I became my own god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um You know, I would say 
never let let it get to the point of of relapse because um, nip it in the bud um, because there there has to be a way to break that cycle and it's little baby steps it's little baby steps just a call just log into a meeting you know you don't have to drive anywhere these days there's a meeting 24 hours mm -hmm. a day just open open the heart in the ears to the message of recovery because it's there waiting for you and that's where faith comes in having a little faith that we will hear what we need to hear from the universe to send us on the right path and it's i will say like use a cake as an, an analogy you know you don't want to go if you haven't baked in a while you don't need to go and make a fancy cake from scratch just go buy the box mix <laughs> you know what keep it really simple and just go to the grocery store and buy a pre-made cake and say happy mm -hmm. birthday to whomever it's for mm -hmm. make it a little distressed you know make amends later say oh yeah i baked this for you you know <laughs> but no what it is it's this little baby steps you know i don't have to go to 90 meetings in 90 days if i i'm in a place of complacency i just got to get to that first one the sponsor i know always 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 i've always been very finding that perfect that sponsor for me is someone i can call any time of day and i know my sponsees can communicate with me any time of day as well and i know that that's a way to break the 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 cycle of complacency too i'll call that best friend in recovery that's it. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the anonymous podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six letter word others as we go out into the world. Stop by the Facebook page, fellowship with other guests, or send me a text. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any ideas on future podcasts. Until next time, I'm your host, Douglas L. Namaste and God bless. Mm -hmm.